Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and verses 16. It says in verse 14, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we see there that God's Spirit, His Spirit in our spirit, He dwells in us. Remember the Bible said we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He leads us by the Spirit of God. So you remember Jesus made the statement, over in John's Gospel, he said that uh, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, whenever he comes, he would be in us, he would flow out of us. He, the Bible said, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This spoke he of the Spirit. There in John chapter number uh, 7, I believe verse 37, 38, down and through there. He said, uh, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And this spoke he of the Spirit. Uh, that's, that's, uh, this verse here is telling you one of those rivers of living water that will flow out of your spirit is the leadings of the spirit. Of course, there's a river of all the other things that the Holy Spirit does, but we thank God for the river of direction, the counsel, the direction of the spirit is one of our birthrights. It's, it's part of our inheritance. It's something that God has made ours as children of God. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we can tell then from these verses that we can, as sons of God, expect to be led by the Spirit of God. God's not just off in a galaxy far, far away and, and doing nothing uh, to where we, we just don't know what He's, what he's saying or what He's uh, doing or what direction we're to go. We actually have someone in our lives daily, moment by moment, who will direct our lives to help us make decisions, to go the right direction, to make the right choices and, you know, do, do the right thing because God has a very great interest in all the areas of our life. And He wants us to know exactly what to do in all these areas and how to make decisions. And so He said that He will lead us as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So He's talking about divine guidance, divine guidance. And that's what we're talking about with you here in this session today, and I think tomorrow as well, following the Holy Spirit, following the guidance of the Spirit. You know, the world uh, has no one to guide them. The world just has to figure it out. Uh, they don't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. They just have to, you know, like somebody said one time, they're just guessing and going. But we as believers, we have someone in our lives. The Holy Spirit has taken up residency in our lives, and He wants to guide us and direct us. He's our, God is our Father, and He sent the Comforter of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we don't have to guess and go. We can see and know. Amen. We can know exactly what the Holy Ghost wants us to do and what the will of God is. And so we see there, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, you just read that verse alone, and you wouldn't know exactly how he's going to do this. How's he going to guide us? You could just kind of put your own interpretation on, uh, if, you, if all you had was verse 14, you kind of just put your own interpretation on it, and you'd say, well, he guides us, but we don't know. I mean, how does he do it? Does he guide us by open doors, closed doors, prophecy, angelic visitations, a voice out of heaven? How does he do it? Well, thank God we don't have to wonder about how he does it. We can just keep on reading. That's verse number 14, but jump down to verse 16. Verse 15 talks about we've received 
received the Holy Ghost. And then verse 16, he said, uh, clarifying and adding to what he said in verse 14, he said, the Spirit, himself, King James says itself, all other translations say himself, that the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus said, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He's a person. So let's read it that way. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So that's giving us more information on verse number 16 about how he's going to guide us, how he's going to direct our lives. Uh, we don't have to wonder how he's going to do it. He told us how he's going to do it in verse number 16. This is the primary way that God directs all of his children. This is uh, apart from the Word of God. Of course, all his leadings are in line with the written Word of God. We don't have to um, pray for a leading about something the Word already told us about. But I'm just talking about the more specifics in our lives. The written Word of God is the general will of God for all believers. But the specifics, you know, who do you marry? Where do you live? What job? What career? What, what are you supposed to do? In so many decisions of life, God is not leaving us, you know, as orphans, so to speak. Just sort of out there on our own. Just, you know, trying to do the best we can. Trying to figure out life. Trying to make the right decisions and so forth. No, thank God a thousand times no. We've got somebody to help us. Amen. We got the counselor. We got the guide living right on the inside. And he said he's going to guide us and he's going to do it according to verse 16 by bearing witness with our spirits. Bearing witness with our spirits. Now what's he going to bear witness with us about? He said that we are the children of God. Well, that's one of the most important things in life that you know that you're a child of God, that you know you're born again. Isn't that right? Uh, but if he's going he to let us know that we're children of God by this inner witness, which is one of the most important things that we must know, that we're children of God, then I think all the other things in life, he's going to lead and, and guide us in the same way. In fact, you can keep on reading here. It says, he bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Then it says, and if children. That, so he's going to connect what he just said to what he's getting ready to say. If children, then heirs of God, look at this, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So we're, we're not only going to know in our spirits by the inner witness that we're children of God, but we're going to know that we're heirs of God, and He's going to guide us into our inheritance. All the in Christ privileges. He's going to guide us into all those truths. And he's not only going to guide us into those truths like Jesus said, he's going to make those truths experiential in our lives because we're led of the spirit of how to walk into everything he said is ours. An heir is somebody that has an inheritance. And as children of God, we have an inheritance from our Father. Well, how are we going to know what that inheritance is? Number one, the Word of God tells us what our inheritance is, especially in the epistles. 
We find out all the in Christ realities. I mean, if you want to you hear one of the top in Christ preachers in the world, listen to Pastor Ike. <laughs> He'll teach you about all your in Christ, uh, you know, rights and privileges and who you are in Christ and so forth. But also, he's not only going to guide you into the written word and teach you all about it, he's going to make that written word an experience in your life by guiding you, the Holy Spirit bearing witness with you and guiding you right into the experience of it in this life. I mean, what good is this, the written word of God, if it doesn't work out here in living every day? So we want to we learn to listen to the Holy Ghost, follow the Spirit of God, because everything that God planned Jesus purchased, but it's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, guiding you in your spirit that's going to make that experiential in your life. He's going to perform everything that God planned and that Jesus purchased. I'm telling you, it's so vital in my life that I have learned and am learning continually to be led by the Spirit of God. You don't have to ever have a big question mark over your head about what to do and where to go, what to, what to say, and, and what, how, to, how to get into all that God has for you. You can walk with, a, with a, an exclamation point over your head. <laughs> you know exactly what to do. Praise God. So we're going to get into this a little bit, uh, especially this part, uh, th these verses together here. Uh, these verses tell us a whole lot about the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If you just look at them and meditate upon them, the Holy Spirit is going to uh, bring a lot of these things that are written here alive. And that's what I want to do with you today is just look closely at what these verses actually say. Uh, this is the primary way uh, that God is going to lead all of His children. And I want you to know that you, you can learn, you can develop the skill of following the Spirit, following the Holy Ghost. Now, I didn't say follow a voice. I, thank God, God can speak in a voice. He has a voice. The Holy Spirit has a voice, and He can speak. But see, this is not talking about any kind of a voice, you know, out of heaven or some booming voice in the room where you are. It doesn't say anything here in these verses about a voice. We know that God can and does have a voice. The Holy Spirit has a voice. Jesus said when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He'll guide you into all truth. Then it says, He'll not speak of Himself, but whatever He hears, that's what He's going to speak. So He can speak. He does speak. But see, so many people are looking out here for a voice out here, and they're, miss and they're looking for something spectacular, and they're missing what the Holy Ghost is endeavoring to pass on to their spirits all along because they're looking for something more demonstrative, and they miss what is in there all the time, the, the inner witness of the Spirit. Notice he didn't say anything about a voice. He said he'll bear witness. A witness doesn't have to be a voice. It can just be an inner perception or an inner knowing or an inner peace. And maybe as we, as we go through this, we'll see if, how the Lord leads us. Maybe we'll get into some different ways that the Bible describes this inner witness. Amen. And so we want to really study this carefully. I believe if we'll examine it, it'll help us divide, divide fact from fiction. And so many things that are, that are happening in the church world. You know, what, what, what is God and what is not? 
And uh, people are looking to so many things. They're looking for somebody else to guide them whenever they have the very guide on the li- living right on the inside of them. Amen. And so uh, here again, again, he says, his spirit bears witness with our spirits. Amen. And so this is one of the functions. Write this down. This is one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's ministry in the life of the believer. It's guidance. He guides God's children. Amen. And so some of the greatest things that will ever happen to you will be, uh, or let's put it this way, will begin just simply by a slight inner knowing or a slight inner prompting or a slight inner peace or an inner witness like it says here. And you just begin to sense what he's witnessing with you and begin to take the steps and he'll guide you into the, some of the most profound experiences in God. Hallelujah. And uh, they'll all begin with just a slight prompting. I'll tell you some testimonies in my life as we go along here. But notice here in verse 16, we're just going to tear this apart. This is going to be just basic, simple teaching. Because I've found in my life, you know, just like a good uh, sports team, they, they start, uh, you know, maybe not winning like they should. The, the coach will take them back to the basics. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a foundational preacher. I lay a lot of foundations and lay, some, lay things down that people can build the rest of their lives on and, uh, and just make a real success out of life. Praise God. And we have some high times at our church with powerful outward moves of God. But I'm telling you what keeps us stable when we drop from our chandelier is whenever we we get down from our chandelier and we start looking on the inside again as we go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all the rest of the week. We can just know in here exactly what to do. And we we might not have have all the the unction of, of running around the room or being filled with the Holy Ghost like we do sometimes in church, but we know exactly how to live, and that is by the inner witness. Praise God. So um, I want you to see verse number 16 here. He said uh, that he'll guide us, he'll lead us by his spirit in verse 14. But verse 16, it says, the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit himself, bears witness, notice, with our spirit or our spirits that we are the children of God. So he bears witness with our spirits. I want you to notice that. So, so the Christian, all, all, all people really, but we're talking about believers here. Uh, man, let's just put it that way, is a three-part being. I want you to go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 here. because, And you might think this is just too simple and too basic. But I'll guarantee you, if you'll stay put in that seat and listen with, with an open heart, with an open ear, God's going to get something through to you and revolutionize your life. Because you're going to learn to follow the Spirit for yourself, and you're going to learn how to not miss it so much, and learn how to not follow other things that people are calling the leading of the Spirit. Because there's so many things that people as believers, they get into, and uh, they're, 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 they're following circumstances, they're following open doors, closed doors, or following somebody's prophecy, or some prophet, or what he says to do, or they're putting out fleeces, or all these other things that people do, and they're, they're, they're getting hoodwinked. They're not making a success out of life. And uh, to be honest with you, it's because they're not following this that I'm going to be talking about. 
So we'll look at 1 Thessalonians again, chapter number 5 and verse number 23. Very, very important that you understand this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 23. It says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That means entirely. So here he's going to give us the entire makeup of man. All right? This is your whole being. This is all that you are. Notice, and sanctify you wholly or entirely. And I pray God that your whole spirit, number one, circle spirit. Then he said, and soul, number two, circle soul. And body, number three, circle body, be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we see here? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And how does God lead? He leads by, He bears witness with our what? He doesn't bear witness with our body. That's, that's part of our three-part being. But that's not the part of our being that He bears witness with. Yeah, we, we have a soul. We see here that the soul is part of the makeup of man. But the Bible didn't say his spirit bears witness with our soul. No, it doesn't say that. It says he bears witness with our spirit, our spirit man. That's the part that lives forever. That's the part of man that whenever a man dies, either goes down to, to, to be in hell or goes up to be in heaven. That's the eternal part of man's being. Amen. And God is a spirit. Jesus said that in John chapter number 4. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when it says God is a spirit, and it says here that man is a spirit being, according to these two verses, we can look at many others, but Romans 8, 16 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, both of them say we are spirit beings. Now, what, somebody said, I thought we were spirit, soul, and body. Well, we're really spirit beings, and we have a soul, and we live in a body. Remember, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said this. Pay very careful attention to this now. Paul said, I, 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 now ask yourself the question, who's he talking about? From the rest of the verse, you can get an idea. I keep under my body, my body. He's not a body. He said, I keep under my body. My body, is, the way he said that is implying that he's not a body. The body is his possession. When you leave from, from the conference tonight, you might say, I got in my car and went home. Well, you're not a car then. We just know that now. If we didn't know it before, you're not a car. Amen. Because you said, I'm going to get in my car. My car means the car is something you own. It's not you. And Paul said, I, I, who's I? It's not his body. I keep under my body. My body is my possession. My body is not me. You're not a body. You have a body. It's your earth suit. You have to have one to stay here on the planet and, and, not, and not to go be with Christ or, or somewhere else if you're not saved. You have to have one to be here on the planet. Much like astronauts out in space, they have to have a space suit on to live out there. And for you as, as a spirit man to live down here on this earth, you have to have a body. The Bible says that death is simply the separation, physical death, the separation of man's spirit and his soul from his body. The Bible said them as the body without the spirit is dead. That's James chapter number 2 
I believe verse 26, somewhere right in through there. James, it says, well, the body without the spirit is dead. Amen. Amen. So, so the real you is not the body. The real you is the spirit man. And that spirit man has a soul. That spirit man, there, there, there is a, when you go to be with Jesus, your soul will go along with your spirit man. But you are a spirit. You are a spirit. Amen. Say that out loud. I am a spirit. I am a soul. I am a spirit. Say it again. I have a soul and I live in a body. Amen. Paul said, I'm going to soon put off this, or Peter, excuse me, I'm going to soon put off this my tabernacle. That's talking about his physical death, and he's calling it his, his body, his tabernacle. And he said, that's where I live while I'm down here on the earth. And I'm going to soon put this off, talking about his physical death. Well, he called it his possession. He didn't say it was him. And so, again, Paul said, I, I keep under my body. Who's I? It's not his body. It's him, this real man, the spirit man. Amen. And so you have to think that way if you're going to learn to become spirit conscious. Because if you're going to be conscious of the leadings of the spirit, pay very closely attention, close attention to me. If you're going to be conscious of the leadings of the spirit, you have to become conscious of your inward man, the spirit man, because that's where the direction's going to come to. That's the realm that God is broadcasting His signal, His direction signal to. He's not, he's not broadcasting direction to your body. He's not, you, he's not going to give you a feeling about what to do. That's not, feeling is not the voice of the body. I mean, excuse me, the feeling is not the voice of the spirit. It's the voice of the body. And the mind and the rational thought as well as the emotions are two parts that make up the soul. That's the voice of the soul. The soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And the voice of the mind is rational thought. The voice of the emotions, I mean the uh, uh, emotions is just, just emotions, you know. We understand emotions. And listen, those change all the time. God's not asking you to be led by something that's always changing. He's asking you to be led by something that is stable, something that, that makes, if you'll follow the Spirit, you'll be stable. You'll not be somebody who's, who's up and down, who's in and out, who one time says this is God and the next Sunday says it's not. I mean, that's just being led by your feelings. God's got a much deeper part of your being to communicate to. And the Spirit of man is the deepest part of your being. And Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 12, Paul said there, the sword of the Spirit, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing, get this, dividing asunder of soul uh, and spirit and of the joints and marrow. So there's the joints and marrow of the body. So the Word of God can help you divide between the spirit, man, the soul of man, and the body of man. In other words, let's put it this way. You get to med meditating in the Word and renew your mind to the Word of God and who you are. You're a spirit being. And you renew your mind to how God guides you. That He guides you through the inner witness. As you 
feed on those truths and they become a reality to you then you're going to be able to divide between God witnessing with your spirit and the emotions of your your emotional realm or the rational thoughts of your mind or the feelings of your body you'll be able to begin to distinguish the difference and I'll be honest with you learning to do that will pay off rich dividends it'll it'll make you a success in life I mean, tell you something, ministers. Your success, listen very carefully. You, some of you aren't going to believe it, but I'm telling you the truth about it, and I'm going to get into the word more on it later. But your success is not based on how strong of anointing comes upon you to stand in ministry. Your success is based on your spiritual development of this inward witness and being able to follow that inward witness accurately because your spirit man is developed just like you might develop your outward man or develop your mind down at the university. You see, even Christians, they develop their intellects or they develop emotionally or they develop their physical body many times at the expense of developing their spirit man. And I'll tell you, if you're going to learn to follow this inner man and, you're, and spiritual things are going to become more real to you, meaning the leadings of the Spirit within your spirit, they're going to become more real to you, you have to develop spiritually. Spiritual development is key to learning to follow the inner witness. And we'll get into that. Boy, there's a lot of things we're going to get into, aren't there? So, but we're looking forward to uh, teaching you along this line. Now, I want you to think here again about this part that you are a spirit being, that you are a spirit being. Let's think about how the Bible talks about this. First of all, let's go to, uh, if you brought your Bible there, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. Uh, well, let, let's, let's do something different. Let's go over to John chapter number 7, actually. John chapter number 7. Praise God. I get fired up about these things. I love teaching on it. But look at verse number 37. John 7, verse 37. We referred to this earlier, but we're going to look at it a little closer here. It says that the, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. Drink of the Spirit he's talking about. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now notice, this spake he of the Spirit. This spake he of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's talking about whenever we were born again, the Holy Spirit came into our spirits. We became the temple of the Holy Ghost. We, we're, we're now uh, born of the Spirit, the Bible says. And He imparted, the Holy Spirit came into our spirits, and He imparted eternal life to our spirits. Our spirits became alive to God, meaning we're not out of fellowship anymore with God. The Holy Spirit in us made us a new creation in Christ, and that new creation is in fellowship with God. And the Holy Spirit's in there to pass on the exact knowledge of God. He's going to teach you, He's going to guide you, and He's going to teach you in the realm in which He is. 
which realm is he he's not in your head he didn't take up residency in your emotions well now I'll say something you might disagree with at first but I'll, I'll explain it he's not in your body Somebody said, well, the Bible said, though, Pastor Jay, the Bible said ye are, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you why your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The only reason your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost is because it's your temple. You live in that body. He doesn't live in your body, per se. He lives in your spirit, which is in your body. You understand what I'm talking about? If your spirit were to leave, the Holy Ghost doesn't stay in your body. He's in your spirit. And so that's where he dwells. Now, if he's going to speak or he's going to bear witness with your spirit, he's going to bear witness with you, he's going to do it where he is. He's going to do it from where he resides. He resides in your spirit. That's why Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This spoke he of the spirit. The Holy Ghost doesn't live in your belly or your stomach per se, where your food goes. He lives in your spirit. So what he's saying is, your spirit man is not up here. Your spirit man is not in the intellect. That's a different part of your being. Your spirit man is down in the core of your being. That's why he said belly. Not because he dwells in your stomach. <laughs> he dwells in your spirit, which is down in the core of your being. Now you can think about another verse, Proverbs chapter number 20, verse number 27. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Then it says, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Belly. All right, so if we're going to locate this inner witness, because that's what we're endeavoring to do here. We're endeavoring to locate this. Where is this? It's not up here. Your rational mind that's trying to figure things out is not in contact with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in your mind. And so we have to understand that because many Christians, they just, they just sort of go into everything in life head first, trying to figure it out. That's not how God guides you. Amen. He guides you not with your head, not in your intellect, not by your, your figuring everything out. He guides you much deeper than that. He guides you from within your spirit, which is down in the core of your being. Now, let's go over to where I was going to go, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. In your Bibles, if you brought your Bible there, look at that with me. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. Uh, this is a, a powerful verse here. Get, you get a hold of this, it'll change your life forever. This is uh, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 14, verse number 14. Verse number 14 of chapter 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, all right, so now he's talking about praying in other tongues. He said, my spirit prayeth. There's another verse in the New Testament. There are many, but here's another that tells you that you are a spirit being. You're not just, see, psychologists today, I know here in America, I don't know about there in Nigeria, but psychologists out in the secular world, they're trying to dig into the makeup of man. And they're saying, well, well, man, he seems to be a, uh, uh, obviously we know he's a body. We can see that, you know, but, uh, but uh, then he seems to have something on the inside and they'll say, well, he, he's a soul. A man's a, a soul and a body. And the soul is that deeper part of his being. And those two are true, but that's not the deepest part of his being. The deepest part of man's being is spirit. He's a spirit being. Well, now they don't want to, you, you won't find secular psychologists uh, acknowledging that man is a spirit. 
Now, Christian psychologists will, but, but uh, uh, secular psychologists will not. Why? Because if they acknowledge that man is a spirit being, then they would have to acknowledge that he came from God because God is a spirit. And they don't want to acknowledge God. They'd rather just say that, you know, we all evolved, you know, we came out of the goo and then we went to the zoo and we turned into you, you know. And uh, so we just all evolved and we're not, we're not in the image of God. No, no, no. The Bible says we're in the image of God. No, that can't be true. We're just evolved. You know, we're, we're not, uh, we're just like the animal. We're just the highest animal, you know, that lives on the earth. Well, no, animals are only physical bodies and souls. Animals don't have spirits. They're not spirit beings. Whenever you die, you're not dead like a dog. You're going to go up or down when you die. But dogs are not, are not spirit beings. They don't live forever. Or animals, all the animal kingdom. Well, let me just get, while we're going here, let me just give you something. There's, there's a plant life here on the, on the, uh, on the uh, planet. We've got the trees and all the plants and everything. And they're just bodies. Then we've got the animal kingdom and their bodies and souls. And then we've got man. He's a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. That's the highest creation God put on the planet. God made us in his image and in his likeness. That means of a necessity, we are spirit beings. You understand what I'm talking about? We have to understand that. Because if we don't understand that, we'll, we'll be looking for God in all the wrong places. We'll be looking in, for Him in our feelings. We'll be looking for Him in our emotions. And so, but let's go back here to 1 Corinthians 14 now. 14, 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, notice, my spirit prayeth. Look at this. But my understanding, that'd be my mind, is unfruitful. All right. So a man who prays in another tongue is not getting that utterance out of his mind. All right. Now, why do I bring that up? Because if you are a, uh, you are a minister baptized in the Holy Ghost, you speak in other tongues. And if you're not, you can get so before this session's over. You can have the, Pastor Hike lead you right into that before they dismiss tonight. But uh, when you are a baptized, Holy Ghost baptized, tongue-talking believer, then you're getting, when you speak those utterances in other tongues, you're not getting those out of your mind. He said, uh, my spirit, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prayeth. Now the Amplified adds something there, the Amplified translation of the English New Testament, Amplified Classic. It says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prayeth. So what do, we, what do we got here? We've got man as a spirit man doing something out of his spirit by the help, anointing, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? And so when, when we pray, we're, we're doing something, in tongues I'm talking about, we're doing something out of our spirit man where the Holy Ghost lives. He's giving us the utterance. That's where those words are coming from. They're not coming out of our minds. Amen. The mind, he said, when we pray in tongues, is unfruitful. That means the mind doesn't understand what we're saying. That's because those words are not coming out of our minds. They're coming out of our spirits. Now, why do I bring that up? Why is that so important you know, with what we're teaching here. Why that's so important is because if you can locate where that utterance is coming from, 
You've just located your spirit. You've just located where this guidance comes from that he's talking about in Romans 8, 16. He bears witness with your spirit. Now, listen, a lot of times whenever people speak in tongues, they're, they're speaking in tongues, but their mind is staying busy. When you speak in tongues, quiet the mind and look down inside where that's, where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? It's coming from down in here somewhere. It's not coming from up here. My mind doesn't have any understanding of what I'm, what I'm saying. It's coming from down here. So if you get your mind quiet enough and you look down in here and pray long enough in other tongues, you'll become conscious of your spirit man. And when you become conscious of your spirit man, you'll be able to recognize how or where, let's put it this way, where all these leadings come from that he mentioned here in Romans 8, 16. And that's much deeper than your intellect. It's an inner perception, an inner knowing. Uh, it's, it's a knowing, it's an intuitive knowing. It's not a knowing because of anything you saw in the natural realm or a knowing because of anything you've heard, uh, no, nothing because anybody, anything anybody said. It's a knowing that goes beyond reasoning. Going beyond, it goes beyond any, any other understanding. Praise God. Now, I've, I've had my life spared because of those very things. Just an inner knowing. Just an inner witness. Uh, I've had, I could tell stories about others. Uh, let me give you one that I was thinking of in preparing this. This just happened. Some of you might've heard this on the news. I think maybe a year or something like that ago. I believe it happened in the country of Lebanon. Some of you might remember the uh, huge explosion of a fertilizer storage plant there in the country of, I believe it was Lebanon. Uh, it made worldwide news. I mean, that thing blew, it, it blew like a bomb. It went off and exploded. It destroyed half the city. It was an amazing thing. Well, um, I don't know if you heard that on the news or not, but I was thinking about that. I was looking through some old notes on some of this, and I saw some notes about something that, that uh, a testimony I heard about that particular incident there in Lebanon. And the testimony came from a pastor who pastored there, pastors there still, uh, and he was on Christian TV telling his testimony, and they broadcast it, I believe it went around the world, uh, on Christian TV. And his testimony was this, that he got up that morning, he's, he's living in Lebanon, in fact, his church building was only a two-minute drive away from that uh, fertilizer storage plant where that fertilizer blew up, I mean, just exploded like a bomb, and leveled half the city. He, uh, his, his church was only two minutes drive away from that. And, and he woke up that morning that that explosion happened, uh, and he was praying, and he, could, he, he was unsettled all morning. He was praying, talk, talking to God, and he was just unsettled the whole time he was praying. And through that time of prayer, he could not get settled about it. Uh, he didn't know what it was about, but he just, something was wrong. Something, there was some sort of danger ahead. Something was, was getting ready to happen and he could not understand what it was. And he was so disturbed about it. He went to the church office. They had 30, 34 staff at the church working, uh, a fairly good sized church, good, good number of staff. And all those staff are there in that building, only two minutes away from that fertilizer plant. And they're working like they normally do. And he went down there to the staff. He said, everybody, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's 
what's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's dangerous. Something's getting ready to happen. I don't know what it is. He said, y'all just go home. Fine. Go, go out into the suburbs where you live and just go home. We're closing the offices for the day. And they all just picked up and went home, you know. It was within an hour or two of them leaving that building that, 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 uh, that uh, well, I was going to say bomb. It was really fertilizer ignited and exploded and blew up half the city. Only, they were only two minutes drive away from that. It would have been certain death for most all that staff. Well, what was it that let that man know that? How did he know that? He knew it intuitively. He had no news report that it was coming. Nobody knew it was coming. I mean, but he, by the Spirit, knew it was coming. Are you listening to me? I've had seasons of my life. I was looking at some notes, and I was thinking about some of this. A season, we went through a season here at the church, probably about, oh, I didn't write the dates down, maybe two years ago, something like that. But uh, uh, maybe some of the staff could help me remember how long ago it was. They'll remember when I tell these stories. But we went through a season of thing after thing tried to tried dangerous situations that tried to arise here on the premises of this campus or uh, on our, our on our private home where we live my wife and I live or something like that and uh, I just it just seemed like a season you know the Bible talks about there in Luke chapter number uh, there at the end of uh, the book of Luke uh, a couple of times actually at the beginning of the book of Luke also right before Jesus went into his earthly ministry, that there was a season of attack, a season of, the Bible talks about uh, Satan tempting him for a season. Then after it was over, he left him for a season. And it seemed like we went through one of those seasons where Satan was trying everything he could to get to get the people in the church, get to staff, get to us, all sorts of things that he tried. And I'll tell you a couple stories about it. And how every single time, I had a, I woke up with a premonition, something's wrong. Something's getting ready to happen. Something dangerous is getting ready to happen. And I was grieved in my spirit and prayed in the Holy Ghost and prayed it out. And something major was averted. And I'll tell you at least three stories about it. Because I think these stories are windows into the, some, some things we're talking about here. Now, not every leading you know, he's, he, his spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Not every leading or every witness is a warning or a urge to pray uh, or to pray something out because danger is ahead. There are leadings that come that give us peace about going certain directions. But then, you know, these other kinds of leadings are leadings of the Spirit, too. Now, I'm not talking about fear because you heard some news report. I'm talking about just you have no other reason to be alarmed except there's something in your spirit letting you know that there's danger ahead and we need to pray. And sometimes, thank God for praying in other tongues because sometimes you don't have any idea of what it is you're praying about. But the Bible says when you pray in an unknown tongue, Romans 8, you pray mysteries. You pray what you don't know in your mind to pray about. But see, your spirit knows a lot that your mind doesn't know because the Holy Ghost lives in your spirit. And he's going to pass on to your spirit the exact knowledge of God. And if you're an heir of God, any heirs of God sitting in the room there? If you're an heir of God, then you have a right to be led by the spirit into your inheritance, which includes being led by the Spirit away from what the enemy's trying to do to steal your inheritance. Amen. 
Because he goes about with great wrath. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank God we have the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, man. The witness of the Spirit in your spirit and the leadings of the Spirit to pray and change something the enemy's getting ready to do that even your mind doesn't know is getting ready to happen. That's much greater. Those weapons are much greater than anything the devil has against your life to steal, kill, and destroy from your life. Hallelujah. I need to get an amen all the way from Nigeria on that one. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But I know you want to hear the story, so I got to tell the stories. Anyway, so there, there was a season there where about three different things, three or four different things happened. I'm saying all within, a, within probably six months' time or so. I'll tell you the first one. Uh, we were, uh, we were, uh, uh, the, the uh, one day, the, the, the uh, one of the maintenance people here at the building, one, uh, we got three, three or four buildings here, and one of the maintenance men was, went into one of the rooms one morning to, to uh, get something, and the room smelled like fire, smelled like something was burning or had burnt or something like that, and they looked around to find it, and they found behind one of the freezers, there had been a, uh, there had been a fire, had act, one of the freezers had actually, you know how they got you know, compressors and everything back there to keep things cold, how they work, but one of those freezers had burnt up and had caught fire, and the wall was charred with fire. But the, the, and the, 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 when they saw it, it was already, the fire was already out when they found it. But the uh, fire department, we brought the fire department out, and they said, it sure beats us. There's no reason in the world this whole building's not burned to the ground. Well, see, uh, but what, what had happened, I had woken up the day before and had some sort of premonition. Something's bad. Something's getting ready to happen. And I started praying in the Holy Ghost and started exercising authority over things. Amen? See, that's the... We, that's the witness. How did I know that? How did I know that? Well, my mind knew nothing about it. I didn't know it was a fire. I didn't know it was a compressor. I didn't know it was a freezer. I didn't know all that. But see, the Holy Ghost knew it. And he had us pray. And, and the whole building was spared. Otherwise, we'd have had a burnt down building. Amen. Are you still out there? You see, there's a lot of things that Satan is getting ready to do in people's lives that God knows he's getting ready to try to do it, and it's not his will that it happens. God wants to avert these things, and by the witness of the Spirit, we'll pick these things up, and we'll be able to pray and change what needs to be changed. Hallelujah. Thank God for the witness of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of another day I got up. Now, these all just happened. I mean, probably within a six-month period of time. And I had that, that just, 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 just a, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's dangerous. Something, I don't even know what it is. So I've just prayed in the Holy Ghost until I got my mind quiet and, and just, just dealt with whatever the Holy Ghost told me to deal with and so forth and so on. Well, I don't think it was a day or so later. The staff was out here. Some of our maintenance people were out here. They were digging a ditch back here in the back of this church building I'm in. And they were uh, putting in a new playground and putting in fence posts, digging fence posts down into the ground. And uh, they had this, this auger where they were, this, this machine, they were digging fence posts down in. And uh, they, they were digging, they were going down, they were supposed to go to, I don't know how many, 30 inches deep or so. And they were supposed to go down to that depth and then go to the next hole. And they were doing that from post hole to post hole. And they got to this one, they went down in. And when they went down in, all of a sudden, about, I don't know, a half a mile down the street, there was a huge explosion, boom, and a transformer blew up. It was a huge explosion. And fire started com coming out of the hole they were digging in. And so they quick got, you know, got the machine out and backed off and so forth. 
and uh, this hole was smoldering. They looked down in there, and they had hit a huge cable. I wrote down here, I think it was 12,000 volts or whatever it was. I, I lost track here. I got it somewhere in my notes. That cable, yeah, 12,000 volts of electricity going through that cable that they hit with that, that uh, you know, digger. And uh, it shorted out the, uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, electrical wire and caused the transformer a half mile down the road to explode. And these workers are right there, right on top of that, and 12,000 volts normally would fry a man alive. It would kill him instantly. 12,000 volts of electricity. Your body can't handle 12,000 volts of electricity. But they were spared. The man in the machine, the man running the machine was completely spared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, what is that? That's the premonition of the, the Spirit of God within your spirit, letting you know there's something that, that, that something's getting ready to happen. Pray, pray. How do you know those things? You know them by the inner witness. Are you still with me? Amen. Another situation, I got up, this was all within about a six-month period of time. I, I, we got up, we were building our house. We have a beautiful new home just a couple years ago, built our house. And I'll never forget, I got up that morning, and I was just perturbed on the inside. Just, just something wasn't right again. And I've learned over the years that uh, there's an inner witness that guides you to what to do or that you're going the right direction, be, and it manifests as an inner peace. The Bible says in Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 16, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That's what guides you, the inner peace. That lets you know which direction to go or that you're going the right direction. Well, there's also an inner uh, unsettledness or an inner alarm or an inner uh, restlessness. I don't mean in your mind. A lot of people are restless in their mind. Their minds are going, and they're, and they're trying to understand everything, and they're not peaceful. I'm not talking about that. That, that. You have to understand the difference between what's going on in your mind and what's going on in your spirit. And so this day I got up, and, and I had uh, something like the, the apostle Paul mentioned it in the, in the uh, New Testament one time. He said he got to a certain city, and he said he had no rest in his spirit. Because he didn't find Titus there. And so he didn't stay there. He went on. He, had, he didn't have any peace about staying there in his spirit. And you can come to seasons in your life where you're getting ready to go a certain direction and you have no peace about it. You have no rest about it. And uh, that's the inner witness, but it's the inner witness about something not to do. Don't go that direction. You understand? There's a difference here. But so anyway, th these are these things, three things I'm describing right here. These are accounts where the Spirit of God warned me, something's ahead, pray. And see, your mind doesn't have any idea what it is. Your, mind is. your mind is not in contact with the Spirit of God. But your spirit is in, in contact with the Spirit of God. And since He's in contact with the Holy Ghost, and since the Holy Ghost knows more than you do, He'll pass the knowledge of God onto your spirit concerning anything you need to know. Amen. I mean, I trust the Holy Ghost. If I'm going a direction and I keep getting peace about it, I don't worry about it in my mind. I got peace about this in my spirit. Amen. But if I'm going a direction and I'm losing all peace down in here, I trust the Holy Ghost. Even when my mind says, well, I, I, I just, I can't understand what, what would be wrong with going this direction. But see, your spirit's in contact with God and he knows things that your mind doesn't know. So you need to learn to trust him down on the inside. And uh, follow him down on the inside, even when your mind can't figure it out. And I'm telling you, it'll save your, your day. It'll save, save you from a lot of heartache. 
But this third one, uh, another one, I, I woke up one morning and I had no peace about it. Now the, the workers are outside. They, 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 I'm talking about when we were building our house. The workers had come that day to, uh, really they came because they wanted to uh, put some drain lines in off the downspoutings on our house. And, uh, and there's some of the last things we were doing on our house. And they needed to dig these ditches, you know, to get the drain lines in. Well, I, I knew that one place they were getting ready to dig, I knew that the uh, gas line, meaning, I, don't, I, I think you've got gas there, meaning propane or natural gas or something like that, that runs into our house. I, I knew that gas line was there, but I knew it was a certain distance away from where we were digging. And I knew if we stayed within that distance, we'd be fine. We wouldn't hit that gas line. Except, uh, I'm telling you, I got up that morning and I just, something wasn't right. Something was, something dangerous is ahead. And so I prayed that out, not really knowing exactly what it was all about. And I seemed to get peace about it, seemed to get rest about it. I prayed it through. Amen. Amen. And so, hallelujah. So we, 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 I was out there because I just sensed I needed to be out there. And I was telling them, no, don't dig here. Dig, dig over there. You know, just stay away from here. And these guys started digging. And before you knew it, they hit that gas line. That gas line started spewing gas all over anywhere. And I'll tell you what, I mean, any little spark, any little, you know, you just, you just, you, you just, some guy standing, these workers weren't saved. Some guy standing there lighting a cigarette or something like that. You're in danger of blowing up the whole house. Amen. And I'm telling you what, I, I, because I had a premonition that it had something to do with us digging those ditches that day. I was already ready. I had the cap off of the propane tank or the natural gas tank over here ready to turn it off, bam, like that. And because I sensed that that, that had something to do with what was going to happen. And so they hit that gas line and I ran over there, just like that, that thing's off. How do I know that? <laughs> See, I didn't know it, but the Holy Ghost in me knew it. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm telling you, how many of you right now, by just sitting and listening to me, you can identify something that if you, you, you're sitting listening to me and you're saying, if I had learned what I'm learning today, a number of weeks ago, number of months ago, number of years ago, I, the Holy Ghost was trying to avert a situation in my life to keep it from happening because I had the same thing Pastor Jay's talking about. Some of you right there where you are can raise your hand because you know exactly what you had and experienced something like me. And God, by the Spirit, because you're an heir of God, amen, was guiding you by the inner witness. Amen. But maybe you didn't know to follow that. Maybe you just rationally rationalized it away and said, well, you know, I've done it this way many times or whatever. And no, no, we're learning now. Hallelujah. We're learning now to follow these inner witnesses. Follow is something much deeper. And how many of you can testify, just like I can testify, to situations in my life, you can testify in your life, that after something happened that you know is not the will of God, something destructive, some, some loss, some sort of heartache came into your life or some wrong decision and you ended up paying richly for it. How many of you can testify after it happened, you could say, I knew on the inside not to do that. I knew on the inside not to do that. Well, 
I mean, I've said that, I, I've had experiences like that where I've had to say that. I knew better than to do that, and, and, and here I am, I overrode it, just, just trying to figure it out and trying to think, you know, rationalize what I knew down in here away, and I just went ahead and did it anyway, but if I'd have really paid attention to what's going on in my spirit, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I, I wouldn't have made that decision. I'd have stopped. I'd have backed off. I wouldn't have gone that direction. I wouldn't have made that decision. Amen. You can testify. I'm sure some of you can testify. Because the Holy Ghost, notice he didn't say here in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. His Spirit bears witness, verse 16, that we, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Notice it didn't say you have to pray for Him to bear witness. And you might say, well, Pastor Jay, you prayed. No, no, no. I prayed because I already had the witness. You don't get the witness because you prayed. You get the witness because he's in there on the job. Now, you might become more sensitive to the witness because you spend time in prayer. But that doesn't, the Holy Ghost doesn't show up to bear witness because you're praying. He's in there all the time. He goes with you all the time. And listen to me. He's on the job 24-7. He's in there. He's bearing witness with your spirit. He knows the mind of God. He knows what the plan of God is for your life. He knows what the enemy's trying to do. And he's in there. He's on the job. And he's bearing witness. Well, why don't I know it? Because you spend more time in the physical realm. You're more conscious of the natural realm. And you're more conscious of the thoughts of your mind. And you spend more time in the rational intellectual realm. Or maybe even the emotional realm. Than you do in the spirit realm. Amen. Because when we pray in tongues. And do things spiritual. Praising and worshiping God. Things like that. We become more sensitive to him. But he doesn't show up because we pray. He doesn't come on the job and bear witness because he's in there bearing witness all the time. He's on the job 24-7. He's there. Praise God. You don't have to pray that he does that. Amen. A lot of things people are praying about what to do. If they just look on the inside, they already know what to do. They maybe don't want that, that to be the will of God. They might not want that to be the direction they choose to go, but they know on the inside. I do a lot of things that, that, that wasn't necessarily my plan, but I know on the inside, this is the direction I got to go. I, this is the way God wants me to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, that's the better way to live because he knows what's best. He's got your best interest at heart. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All right. So why is it important that we develop spirit consciousness? Can you see what we're talking about now? Why is this, this spirit consciousness in, important? Why, in other words, is it important that we begin to locate and identify this inner witness? Well, look over here in Romans again. It says, this is the part of our being that he bears witness with us about. According to these verses, he guides us through our spirits. Amen. And because he guides us, it's that's where he guides us, it's extremely important that we are conscious of that part of our being. You know, most, most Christians, if they ever do find out that there are three parts of being, spirit, soul, and body, I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've listened to people talking about this for decades now, and I know what I'm talking about. Most people, if they talk about this part, this fact that we're three-part beings, they will say it this way every single time. We're, we're body, soul, and spirit. 
If you listen carefully, when people say these things and talk about these things, they'll say we're body, soul, and spirit. I just heard a minister the other day say it on YouTube. We are body, soul, and spirit. And I thought, well, he's partly right, but mostly wrong. You say, well, isn't that what 1 Thessalonians 5.23 said, Pastor Jay? No, a thousand times no. It didn't say we're body, soul, and spirit. It said we're spirit, soul, and body. Well, Pastor, that's the same thing. You just reversed the order. Exactly, exactly. That's the point I'm getting to. That most people reverse the order that the Bible puts it in. The Bible said we're spirit, we're soul, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, people reverse it because they're more conscious of the body than they are the spirit. You, as a spiritual being, are to develop in spiritual realities. Just, they should be just as real to you as natural realities. Amen. In other words, this inner witness is to be something that's very real to you. To where you talk about this more than you talk about what you see. Amen. Now another reason. In fact let's go over to Ephesians here. Ephesians chapter number 2. And look at something. You might think this is splitting theological hairs. But that's just because your mind's not renewed with the word of God yet. Amen. This is very very important. That this part of your being become the part you're most conscious of. And uh, because this is the part of your being, the the spirit being of the new creation, the new born-again believer, is the most dominant part of his being. This is the part of your being that is to rule you. This is the part of your being that is to be how you make all your decisions. It's to be what you uh, look, the part of your being that you look to for counsel. In fact, to be honest with you, if you'll learn to look on the inside, you won't need to go to other people and ask them, what should I do? Or you won't need to get somebody to prophesy to you. Get, well, if I, if I so go to prophet so-and-so's meetings, he'll prophesy to me and I'll know what to do. Well, if you look on the inside, you, you'll know exactly what to do. You'll know, you'll have the count, the counselor lives right on the inside of you. Someone said, yeah, but in the Old Testament, they went to the prophet. Yeah, that's Old Testament. Those are spiritually dead people. They're not alive to God. They didn't all have the Holy Ghost. The prophet, priest, and king had the Holy Ghost. And the prophet had revelation gifts. And he knew the, the, the mind of God in certain things and the direction that the nation was supposed to go and so forth and so on. And, but, uh, but, but see, today in the new covenant, we all have the Holy Ghost. It's unscriptural to go to a prophet and seek him to guide you because Because you have the Holy Ghost living right on the inside of you. Now, I didn't say that sometimes prophets won't maybe confirm something that you already know in your spirit. Because we already have the inner witness. God can move to where a prophet might confirm. But I said it's unscriptural to seek for a prophet to guide you. It might happen, but you you should not seek it. In fact, if it happens and somebody prophesied and said, this is what you're to do. You're to do this, you're to do that, you're to go this direction in ministry, you're supposed to marry this person, whatever, whatever. If it doesn't bear witness with your spirit and that you know in your spirit that it's the will of God and you have peace about that in your spirit, you need to run from that prophecy and that prophet. Amen. I'm telling you the truth about it. God, listen to me. Listen very carefully to me. You should not depend on somebody, the development of somebody else's spirit for your own spiritual guidance. 
You depend on the development of your own spirit. You're in contact with God. You can seek God and find out and look down in your spirit and find out what to do. Amen. And then if you're settled about it in your own spirit, you can have faith for it. Because there's more to faith than just hearing the word. Now let's look over here in chapter number, this is in uh, uh, Romans chapter number 10, verses 9 and 10. I said to go to Ephesians, didn't I? Okay, let's go to Ephesians before we go to Romans. Before we go to Romans, look here to uh, Ephesians. It says in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter number 2, he said, You hath he quickened who were, used to be, dead in trespasses and sins. I'm not spiritually dead anymore. He's not talking about physical death here. He's talking about spiritual death. You hath he made alive. Quickened means made alive. Who were spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past... You walked according to the course of this world. This is not now. This is in time past. You used to walk this way according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had, past tense, our conversation or our lifestyle in time past in the lust of our flesh. Look at that. Number one, the lust of our flesh. The lust of our flesh. That's number one. And of the mind. Number two. And we're by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. That's our spiritual fallen nature of spiritual death. That's our spirit man that's spiritually, that used to be spiritually dead. So notice he's listing the three parts of man's being in the state of spiritual death. And he lists them exactly opposite of how he listed them in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 when he said we're spirit, soul, and body. Now, why did he list them exactly opposite in Ephesians than he did in 1 Thessalonians? Because in Ephesians, he's talking about a man who's spiritually dead. And a man who's spiritually dead, his flesh is the most dominant. And his mind is second, and his spiritual nature is, is, is uh, his fallen nature is third. His spirit man's third. But when your man's born again, the spirit man's to become dominant. Amen. And that's the part of your being that you're supposed to listen the most to. Not your flesh, not, not guidance through your flesh, not what you feel, not what you got figured out in your mind, not what your emotions, your, your, what you got emotional about. Amen. People, young people get emotional about what they call falling in love and think that because they're emotional that God's guiding them. Nothing could be further from the truth. You can get emotional after some, some of your own feelings, after your own plans. Amen. See, people are, are, are messed up in these things. That's why their lives fall into uh, all sorts of tru tr trouble and heartache. Amen. So go over now. I was going to go to Romans now. Romans chapter number 8. We're not going to go a whole lot longer here. Just hang with us a little longer. The 8th chapter of Romans. Notice again. Well, excuse me, not the 8th chapter. We were just in the 8th chapter. The 10th chapter is where I wanted to go. Verse number 9. Romans 10. Verses 9 and 10. He said here, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he's talking about how we got saved. Now look at verse number uh, 10. He said, For with the heart, circle that, the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right. So this is how we got born again. We believed in our hearts and we confessed with our mouths. And uh, he said, that's how we got saved. 
Uh, we did that unto salvation. Now I want you to see here that it's with the heart that man believes. Do you see that? With the heart man believes. Now somebody say, what is the heart? What is the heart? Well, the Bible, and I could go through a lot of scriptures. I don't have time to right now. We're coming to the close of this session. But the, the Bible mentions the heart of man over and over again. And it is another word for the spirit of man. Another word for the spirit of man. And so this, with the spirit of man, man believes. Can you see that? Faith, the God kind of faith, is of the spirit of a man. In other words, you don't have to have, have, have it all figured out how it's, going to, how it's going to happen to believe it. You can believe what you do not see. Now, because of that, it's extremely important that you become more conscious of this dimension of your being because this, these things affect one another. Where you believe is also where you get guidance. You, you following me? The part of your being that God guides is also the part of your being that you believe with. Now this is where now you, you can believe. The Bible is here talking about in Romans 10, 9, and 10. It's talking about believing and being born again or receiving salvation. But you see there's many other things that you are to feed in, on the Word of God and, and build faith in your heart for. In, in, uh, other than just salvation, divine healing and so many things, divine prosperity, all the blessings of God, uh, the, you know, the will of God for your life. How are you going to, how are you going to believe for all that? Well, you're going to find out what the word of God says and believe the word of God. But, but look at first Timothy chapter number one here now, first Timothy chapter number one. If you've stayed with me here, you're, you're going to get something. I'm going to wrap this up by saying this. I believe if, if Pastor Ike's still going to go the same direction he's going to go, what I'm sharing will lead, lead into this, what he's going to share here. So notice 1 Timothy, chapter number 1. This is verse number 19. 1 Timothy 1, 19. This is the King James. Holding faith, in other words, hold fast to faith, and a good conscience, which some, having put away... Concerning faith, in other words, they've put aside a good conscience concerning their faith life, have made shipwreck. All right? Now, we have to understand what this verse is saying here. He's talking about holding fast to faith and a good conscience. All right? So, faith and a good conscience. Say that out loud. Faith and a good conscience. All right. So, listen to the amplified version of this. This is the Amplified Classic. Holding fast to faith, that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. So that's more than just salvation. That's in every area of life. The Bible said the just shall live by faith. Not just get saved, live by faith. And so we live this way, trusting God, believing God, believing His Word, taking Him at His Word. So he said, hold fast to your faith and have a good clear conscience, a good clear conscience by the Amplified goes on to say by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience. In other words, they're dismissing what the, what their conscience is trying to communicate to them by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience 
Some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. All right. What is the conscience? You got to, in order to rightly understand, rightly divide the Word of God, you got to know what the conscience is. You know, the Bible mentions the conscience over and over again, especially the New Testament. Uh, what is the conscience? The conscience is the voice of your human spirit. It's how your spirit talks to you. Now, someone said, are you talking about what it said in Romans 8, 16? His spirit bears witness with our spirit. No, no. The witness of the spirit is the witness of the Holy Spirit with your spirit. In other words, it's the information that the Holy Spirit passes on to your spirit to let your spirit know some things. It's how your spirit knows some things. Now, your spirit will pick up that knowledge that the Holy Spirit is passing to your spirit, not through words spoken by anybody, but just intuitively. He just lets you know. Somebody said, how do you know? I don't know. I just know down on the inside. That's how, that's what the inner witness is like a lot of times. It's an inner knowing. It's an inner knowing that you don't, it's not because you watched, it's not because you, you know, like take those examples I gave of certain times I had an alarm in my spirit, something dangerous is getting ready to happen. That didn't come into me because I had watched a scary movie the night before. Amen. You know, fear comes against people from the outside, and that's, the, that's not the Spirit of God. But the Holy Ghost in your spirit can give you a sense and an awareness of something that doesn't make you afraid, but it makes you aware that Satan's getting ready to do something, and I need to pray and change this. There's a big difference. But here's what I'm saying. The Spirit will pass that information to your spirit. And then, and then your own, that, that's the witness of the Spirit. But then your own spirit knows that, but then your own spirit will pick that up, pick that knowledge up, and it'll talk to you. It will pass on and talk to you. In other words, uh, the spirit, your spirit man also has a voice, and the voice of your spirit is conscience. That's the voice of your human spirit. And your human spirit knows some things, and he'll pick it up, and he'll pass it on to you, and he'll talk to you. Now, let me give you an example. I think maybe it'll help you understand this. He said, the Bible said that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We've received the new birth, and part of that nature of the new birth is the love of God. That's the love that, that uh, you know... Uh, it's, it's not based on how people treat us. It's, it's the love of God towards them, regardless of how they treat us. So that's shed abroad in our hearts. Now, our hearts are our spirits. That's the nature of our new created born-again spirit. That's our, that's our spiritual nature. The Bible says we know we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. That love has been put in there. That's, that didn't come into our flesh. It came into our spirits. We have that nature, the love of God. All right. So then this says over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, verses, what is it, 14 down in through there. He said, the love of Christ constraineth us. Amen. Constraineth us. That means sometimes constrain means to hold you back. Sometimes you're getting ready to do something or you're getting ready to say something and there's something inside of you, we say it's something, it's someone. 
inside of you, holding you back. Don't say that. Don't say that. What is that? That's the love of God that the Holy Ghost shed abroad whenever he came into your spirit. It's, it's, it's constraining you. And your own spirit is where that love is. And your own spirit is really what that is. is, is the, the, your conscience is because he has a new nature, which is love. Your conscience will say, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't do that. That's not walking in love. Amen. Don't look at me. All of you married know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. So whenever, you, whenever that, that love in you, which is the nature of your spirit, really it's your spirit saying don't do that, your conscience is talking to you. That's what's happening there. Amen. And somebody said, should we follow our conscience? Absolutely. Paul said he did. Paul said, I herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. In other words, he kept, notice here in the Amplified, it says, a clear conscience. Amen. A clear conscience. Hallelujah. And so uh, a good, clear conscience, the Amplified says. So you want to make sure nothing that you do bothers your spirit. Nothing you do is, 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 is uh, it, 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 you're unsettled on the inside about doing it. You don't have a piece about it. Something in there is telling you don't do it. So that, when, what he's saying here is, now you put all this together, he's basically saying, don't just hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to your faith and a good conscience. Amen. In other words, as you walk by faith, listen to what your conscience is telling you. Amen. Look, keep your uh, attention on what is happening in your spirit, what your spirit is saying to you. Amen. You can't continue to hold faith in, and, and keep on going one direction in faith. Bless God, I'm going to believe I'm in faith. I'm going to go this direction. He's saying you can't continue to go one direction in faith whenever your conscience has sailed off in a completely different direction. What do you mean conscience has sailed off? Notice what he ended up here saying, because some people try to walk by faith and don't keep their conscience clear. He said they make shipwreck, shipwreck. What's a shipwreck? A shipwreck is a ship that got up on the rocks and was busted to pieces by the waves. So, so what he's saying is your faith is going to hit the rocks and your faith is going to be busted up if you don't listen to what your conscience and let your conscience guide your faith. Amen. Are you with me this, this, this evening? And so you can't continue to go one direction with your faith. And your conscience has sailed off in a completely different direction. In other words, you've lost all peace about going this particular direction. Let me give you some illustrations that will help you. Because you, if you don't learn to do this, mix your faith. You cannot, here's, here's what one minister said. You can't separate faith from being led by the Spirit. You can't. This is where a lot of people make shipwreck of their faith. And they wonder, I don't know why that didn't work. Well, I'll tell you why it didn't work. Because of the, the leading of the Spirit was to go a different direction. 
we've, we've done this. I've seen this. I, many times people, they say, well, I'm just going to believe God. I'm not going to have an operation. I'm going to believe God and be healed. And they start getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And finally, they, they say, well, I, I, I really need to go. I knew in my spirit I need to go get this operated on. Because, and they were trying to do something against the leading of the spirit. Amen. I mean, if, you, if, if it sure beats dying. Somebody said, well, that's not God's best. That's exactly right. But it sure beats dying. I mean, live another day to do the will of God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So it will take your faith. Your, your conscience has to take your faith with it or your faith will be without a boat to sail. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Your faith will be without a boat to sail. Therefore, without a boat to sail, your faith is going to sink. Because your spirit knows some things your, your, your faith doesn't know. Your, your spirit knows some things. Amen. So what's he saying? Your faith is not authorized to sail alone. Don't think that you can just go out there by faith. Just, people say, well, bless God, I'm going to put my head down. And I'm just going to bulldoze my way through this. When the Holy Ghost is in there saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Amen. Praise God. So your conscience which is the voice of your spirit, is the GPS that navigates your ship of faith. You've got to recognize that if you don't have a settledness on the inside about going a particular direction, you will never have faith for it. You might go through the faith motions. You might sound like a faith person by speaking the word. It sounds like well, they're in faith you're, or you're in faith. But that doesn't put the assurance down in your spirit that you're going the right direction. Now, what we're talking about is the specifics of life. You don't need to pray and seek God about what God's word has already given you the answer about. But if you have, you're making decisions about some of the specifics of life that the Bible doesn't give you the answer. Like, should you go this direction? Should you go into this career? Or should you go into the ministry? Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that, Lord. I see it right now. I see it right now. There are some of you pastors who are struggling because you are never supposed to go into your own ministry. You're supposed to help somebody else. But see, you had in your mind that you wanted to be the number one guy. And so you, you went out and went into your own ministry and you've struggled ever since. But you've known inside God never led you to do that in your spirit you just simply did it because that's what you thought you wanted to do so you've struggled and God never led you out into it somebody said well what, did I, what should I do if that's me I know he's talking to me Pastor Jay you're talking to me Who, what am I supposed to do go back to where he said where, where, where you're supposed to be get back into that place where you, you had the assurance that you were in the plan of God amen so when these specific decisions, these specific things that we've got to decide in life come up, how do we know? Well, the Bible doesn't say whether you individually are called to the five-fold ministry or not. It says there are five-fold ministries, but it doesn't say whether you are supposed to be in it or not. How do you know that? You know it in your spirit. You know it in, your, in the inner witness. Amen. And so you've got to ascertain those things by the knowledge of your, what, you, what you get in your own prayer time, what your spirit passes on to you, because the Holy Ghost is going to pass that on to your spirit. Amen. So if you are doing something that you have the assurance about because you know in your spirit that that's what you're supposed to do, you can exercise faith. You can exercise faith. But if you're doing something that in your spirit you were never led that direction and you don't have a peace about it, then you cannot exercise faith. You understand that? Now, to, to, to settle this and, and, and to wrap this up, 
the amplified version of the, uh, the book, you know, Romans 8, chapter number 16. The amplified version is very, very good. The amplified version. I'm going to go back here before I close and look at this. Romans 8. Listen very carefully. The amplified of verse number 16. Oh, this is good. The Spirit Himself, there's the Himself rather than itself, thus testifies together with our spirit, look at this, assuring us that we are the children of God. That's That's a faith word right there. Assurance is another word for faith. If you have the assurance of the Spirit on the inside that you're going the direction that you're supposed to go, now you can have faith. But you can't have faith just because you just decided, well, I want to be in the five-fold ministry. I want, to do, I want to be the number one man. I want to have my own church. Well, what if God didn't lead? What if God didn't, didn't direct you that direction? You will not do anything you're doing with assurance, and your faith won't work. You're going to end up on the, sh- you're going to end up on the rocks, so to speak. And your faith will just keep being battered and busted and, and broken up and all that. You might go through all the emotions and act like, well, bless God, I'm just going to put my head down, bulldoze my way through. No, but if you don't have the assurance down in here, you can go through all the emotions. That doesn't make you a person of faith. What makes it a faith is you've got the assurance down in here. You know you heard from God. You know he witnessed with you about what to do. And so you're doing it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's an answer for some of us. Thank God for our answers. I said, thank God for our answers. And so uh, let's not be, you know, people that, that uh, you know, sink because we're just doing our own thing, figuring it out with our mind and so forth and so on. So uh, faith is not authorized to sail alone. You need to remember that. Don't launch out on your ship of faith. Don't launch out without guidance. Praise God. Uh, Luke 8, is a verse that I love along this line. It says, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. And then they launched forth. You don't launch forth. You just, you don't just launch out into any old thing just because, well, bless God, you know, I'm just going to, you know, you know, take initiative. You know, people talk about taking initiative and so forth and being bold and being adventurous and so forth. And, you know, being a mover and a shaker. Well, The Lord said this to me one time. He said, the spirit of faith is adventurous, but he said, it doesn't operate in an unauthorized way. (laughs) You need to hear that. The spirit of faith, which is the the get up and let's take the land, which let's, let's, you know, let's go into the land and possess it. It's it's an adventurous spirit. It's It's a take initiative spirit. That's the spirit of faith. But it doesn't operate in an unauthorized way. You need to ask God if he is in a, a endeavor of faith. You remember when Peter walked on the water? Somebody said, well, anybody has got faith could walk on the water. Not so. Only people that here come can walk on the water. Peter said, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus gave him the word, come. Now he's authorized to walk on water. But when Peter said, if it's you, he's asking if he's authorized. He's asking if he can step out in a faith endeavor. Amen. So we have to be authorized, not just adventurous. (laughs) 
Amen. Faith doesn't just, well, let's just find something to believe God for and let's just believe it. No, let's find out what God has to tell us and what he's bearing witness with us about and then we can lay hold of that. Otherwise, the Spirit won't be, give us the assurance and we won't be able to operate in faith. Amen. Does that help you? Praise God for the word. And so it's important that we understand these things. I want to wrap up with something in 1 Kings chapter number 19. We'll, we'll uh, start the next session, uh, uh, you know, uh, later on. But uh, 1 Kings 19, verses 11 through 12. Write these verses down. 1 Kings 19, verses 11 through 12. This is the story where Elijah went up on the mountain, and he's saying, God, I'm the only one. I'm not, there's no one else but me serving you. And God said, first of all, well, there's 7,000. They haven't bowed their knee to Baal. And, uh, and then the Bible says that, that there was a, a wind, and uh, God was not in the wind. Then it says there was an earthquake, and God was not in the earthquake. Then it says there was a fire, and then it says God was not in the fire. And then it says there was a still, small voice. Still, small voice. And Elijah wrapped his face in his mantle because he recognized God was in the still, small voice. And God spoke to him in that still, small voice. And he, he dealt with him about his pity party and, and told him what to do. I want you to go anoint so-and-so, go anoint so-and-so, and so forth and so on. But here's my point. Notice it said there was a fire, there was a wind, there was an earthquake. And all three of those things... In other verses of the scripture, God had been in every single one of them. There was a fire came on the day of Pentecost, appeared cloven tongues like as a fire. There was a wind. There was a wind came on the day of Pentecost. And then there was an earthquake. Whenever Peter and uh, Paul and Silas, excuse me, in jail, they prayed and sang praise. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and God delivered them. All three of those things at other times, God was in them in the Bible. But yet here it is happening again, and God's not in it. Are you with me? Listen very carefully to me. You'll get some answers here. So we, we, we see these outward things. See a fire, wind, earthquake. Those are all things you can see, you can feel. You, you can, there, there's something that's happening in the natural realm, right? And so they are uh, manifestations that come out of the Spirit, if, if, if God's in it, come out of the Spirit, and they manifest in the natural realm. You can see it, feel it, hear it. You know, your five physical senses can pick up on it. Amen. All right. Now, but it says in this case, God wasn't in it. He had been in it in other times in the Bible. Even Elisha's ministry, fire came down from heaven, and, and God was in that fire. But here's a fire, and God's not in it. What am I trying to say? Well, I think you're already getting what I'm trying to say. Is that the, some of these outward manifestations, the devil can duplicate. You hear me very carefully? Why would God guide us with something that the devil can duplicate? Why would that be the primary way God guides us? It's not the primary way God guides us, and that's the exact reason why. Is because Satan will also try to manifest in the natural realm and try to deceive and mislead us. But he can't, he can't mislead with the inner witness. Why? Because first of all, he's not in there. Amen. He's not in me. Amen. He's not in you if you're born again. And so he'll... He can't duplicate the inner witness. But see, the inner witness is a safe guide. All these other things 
these supernatural things, fire, you know, you mentioned here fire, wind, and, and uh, earthquake. All these other things can be one way God moves, and we see in the Bible that He has, and He might move that way again. Praise God. We, if it's God, we receive it, don't we? But my point is this. If those things are happening and you don't have the inner witness, the inner witness trumps everything. Did you hear me? The inner witness is primary before all those other things. In other words, if it doesn't bear, if all those other things are happening and it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, throw it away. Don't follow it. Don't make it your guide. Don't let it be what you, you follow to, to get guidance in life. Amen. Amen. Now, let me say this. People today, and I think that applies here in this conference, even Christians gravitate more toward a lot of noise and outward demonstrations than they do the inner dealings of God. Most Christians do that. Are you out there? They gravitate to the more spectacular, and they miss what we're preaching about here in the inner witness. That's because they're more carnal than they are spiritual. Amen. Not everything spectacular is God. Not everything. Satan will try to duplicate these things. He'll manipulate things. Uh, this is the reason we don't do like Gideon did and put out fleeces in the Old Testament. Somebody said, well, I don't know. He's preaching all this. What about Gideon in the Old Testament? Well, don't go back under the Old Testament for doctrine for somebody that's living in the New Testament. See, they didn't have the, they didn't have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them to guide them back then. They had to be guided outwardly. But notice what Romans 8, 16 says. Verse 14, first of all, many is led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Verse 16, His Spirit bears witness with our spirits. 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 What is our spirits? It's our inner man. The Bible calls him also in another place. Remember Paul said, the outward man perisheth, the inner man, the inner man, the inner man, that's down in here. That's the spirit man. The inner man is renewed day by day. So the spirit of man is the inner man. That's why we call it the inner witness. Inner. Say that loud, out loud. Inner. I'm, 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 I'm making a point because what he's saying is we're not guided in the New Testament externally. We're guided internally. We're guided in the inner man, the inner witness. The witness of the Spirit in our inner man. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. And we can become, we can develop spiritually to where we recognize that, that the dealings of God, even if it's not a voice, just an inner knowing, we can recognize that. And we can become proficient. Our spirit man can develop. Just like our, our, we can develop our, 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 our minds, we can develop our bodies, we can develop our spirit, and we can develop in sensitivity to this inner witness. And we can, listen, the potential's in all of us right now to never miss it again. Never make a wrong decision again. Hallelujah. Let's go for it. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. I'm making a whole, le a whole lot less wrong decisions today than I have in years gone by. 
Praise God. And I'm telling you, life is, is becoming smooth. Not a lot of uh, trauma and drama and, 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 you know, heartache and upheaval. And the devil got in here and the devil got in there. How does the devil get in? He gets in because he can only contact us in our flesh or through our minds. And if we're following our flesh or our minds, we're in his realm. He can contact us. So he can get to us. He can do a lot of stuff. But if we're following down here, it closes all those doors. And he can't get to our lives. And the Spirit of God will guide us right out of his traps, right into all the blessings of God, right into all our inheritance, right so that our life looks like God intended it look like. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you're not shouting there in Nigeria, we're going to shout here. <laughs> we got some people here in the auditorium. So praise be to God. Praise be to God. Stand up with me right there where you are. Let's praise him. Praise God for the word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the, the Holy Ghost. Thank you for this comforter, this guide that you've put on the inside of us. We're so grateful that we're not left orphans down here in this life. We're not left alone to, to guess and go and, and try to figure out the direction where to go. You've put the guide right on the inside. Father, we're grateful. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. We rejoice in it, Father. We rejoice that we're not alone, that we're not left to make all these decisions alone. We bless you and thank you. Father, I thank you for every minister that's sitting under this word. Father, this word has found a home in good soil. I believe you today that this word will not return unto you void. It will accomplish what you designed it to accomplish. It'll bring great blessing into their lives as they listen to the Spirit of God within them. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, help us all to recognize where this witness is and help us to recognize your leadings. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And Father, we'll stop making all those wrong decisions and start making ones by the witness of the Spirit. And Father, our life will take on the glory that it was designed to take on. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for the word that reveals these things. We're so grateful for the understanding of it, and we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.